Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to another episode of The Beauty Podcast with me, Emma G. Joining me in this week's episode, I'm very pleased to say that it's Ate Jewel, writer, producer, filmmaker, and the curator and creator of Jewel Tones Beauty, which she's going to explain all about in the show. Um, there's a slight, you may, <laughs> you may get the sense that we're slightly delirious, possibly. We decided to record this uh, episode in her car in order to get great sound, but it was an incredibly, incredibly hot August afternoon and we essentially um, started to cook and I'm surprised that an officer of the Metropolitan Police didn't come and smash in the windows um, in order to save us because we went in looking fine and we came out with ruddy cheeks and well, I certainly came out with a very sweaty back. But hey, we got a good podcast. Really hope you enjoy the show. All of the links to anything that we talk about will be in the show notes. So without any further ado, please enjoy the beauty podcast with me, Emma G, featuring At A Jewel. into Mariah Carey. How else are you going to do right <laughs> most, people, <laughs> most people go, hello, my name is. And you're like, I had vision. Are we starting? Are we going? We're starting. Oh, hi. Start- hey. Hi. 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 Well, let's just tell the listeners where we are. We're in my car. <laughs> <laughs> We're in my whip. We're in my ride. Um, we really have for two reasons. One for a professional reason of oh, the sound will be amazing. Yes, in the it's car. like a sound booth. Our sound men, every time we're on, um, this is what they do sometimes if you want really good clean sound. They go in a car because it's your own personal sound booth. Which is also really good because I'm just going to put the sun visor down because it is a bright afternoon. It is bright. I thought you were going to check yourself in the mirror like I do. Oh, no, I'll probably check whether I've got lipstick on my teeth shortly. Um, and also because we are, it's a good place to get a bit of. You know, mummy time. Mummy time. Or, or like non mum time. Yes, it's a bit of peace of quiet. I have twins, as you know, they're quite yeah. wild. We were they're just, awesome. We were just dancing to Cool Rider, all of us together. Who brought that into the house? Auntie Emma. Auntie <laughs> <laughs> Emma. And they loved it. There, there was a lot of floor work, there was there a lot was. of uh, cartwheels, jumping. jumping. Yeah, they, made, they did me proud. They did. Proud. Well, they are, they're beautiful, beautiful ladies. Oh, thank you. It was like meeting Jennifer Lopez and Mariah Carey because I feel like I know them already. <laughs> they have, yes. They are, they are very fabulous. I do think they're amazing. They're the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. And you've done some <coughs> awesome stuff, um, which we can talk about on here. Now, I'm going to ask you, very recently, mm-hmm. you wrote an incredible piece. Oh, thank you. On your website. In fact, there's so much to talk about with you because we've got dual tones. Yes. You are a producer. Mm-hmm. You're a filmmaker. Yes. You're an incredible writer. Oh, bless you. You're a presenter. Mm-hmm. You are many, many more things. So I don't even know where to start, Ate. Where do we start with you? Um, I like people. I like beauty. I mm-hmm. like colour. I like creativity. And I've been super lucky that everything I've done has encompassed all of that. So mm-hmm. I think... 
you know, we were talking about the road, the harder road in life. Yeah. And I think I went down the route of trying to be creative and fun and doing stuff that makes me proud of myself. And I think I've done that all through my career, which I've been very lucky. Touch mm. wood. <laughs> touch touch, touch car, leather. Touch car, <laughs> touch car bonnet. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I've been, you know, my mum gave me the best advice when I was at university, just graduating, thinking, what the hell am I going to do? She said, make your job your hobby and you never feel like you're working. And I've done that. That's so amazing. Isn't that the best advice you can give a 21-year-old, 22-year-old? So I basically... Other than her other amazing advice that you told me no about photos. years ago. No photos. <laughs> no photos, no video, Ate. I was 13. I didn't know what she was talking about until I was about 18. And I, she was so right. <laughs> this is before the Snapchat, before the dick pic. She was so right. So don't get your tartars out because you don't know who you're going to be or who you'll marry. That's what she said to me. You know oh. exactly. What, what if you want to marry a presidential Obama? Obama. Yeah. What if you what if you are the next Obama? Because we know that there is a somebody uh, a representative whose wife we're talking about Trump. Yeah, there yeah. are naked pictures of Melania. You see, I mean, she wouldn't have thought that back in the day in no. the nineties, whenever that happened. But yeah, so she's given me lots of amazing advice, and that's you know that's what I've done. I love. I've always loved beauty. I don't know why. It's just I love the color. I love the transformation that you can have. I love the glamour. Mm. I love the, you know, I grew up watching MGM movies and the, you know, dancing and Seven Brides and Seven Brothers and Technicolor. And it just made me so happy. And it just made me, I don't know, it was, it was transformative. That's the only word mm. I can think of. And the fact you could do that to yourself, the fact you can play with colour and you can be, you know, that, that, and then that's a job. Mm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that's a job. I, I remember my first job interview at Instar, my first magazine I worked with, was the was that your first? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That is nice. The first issue had just launched. <gasps> and I was obsessed with American Instar. And I called up and I was like, I need to work here, please. And I literally <laughs> stalked them for two weeks. I called every day for two weeks. Do you know what? The, Since yeah. then, stalking gets a bad rap. But I back mean, in the day, it showed enthusiasm. It showed enthusiasm. I mean, <laughs> it's why I'm married. <laughs> Beautiful girls wouldn't be there with a bit of a stalk, but um, yeah, no, I mean, joking aside, you know, this, yeah, I, I, I stalked them, and I, my in job interview was talking about Chanel makeup disgust, and I was like, is this a joke? Is this for real? I found my spiritual home that I can talk about the pigments in Chanel makeup, and and I just thought I just need to be here, and um, they called, and I went there for like a day, which turned into a week, which turned into two, which turned into a year. And then I got asked to go to Tatler, and I was there for a while with the lovely Kathleen Bird Murray, who's oh. amazing, and Laura Patton, who were just like, I just, I remember after I spoke to, I had an interview with them, I said to my mum, even if I don't work there, these are just people I'd like to know because mm. they're amazing. So I've been very, very lucky. And then at 24, I went freelance and did my own thing. So I've been kind of. See, this is why you're such a badass essay, because going freelance at 24. I was a bit of a punk, you know, when you're, when you're 24 and you have no fear, you're like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? I can use Starbucks, you know. I can eat ramen. <laughs> I can eat ramen, and it worked out. It was, it was good. You know, my first month, I had a Sunday time style with amazing Beth and Cole. She was super supportive of my career, and I was like, amazing. Yeah. I had some daily mails on Sunday, and that was like first month. I was like, yeah, it's cool, and like, you know, beginner's luck or whatever, the universe helping you, yeah. and off I went. I just did my own thing at 24. Do you think that um, taking a jump so young made you a bit more fearless with like business and stuff? I have to say, I'm quite naturally a risk taker. I don't, ironically, I can, I can be scared of failure, but the other side of me doesn't really care. Mm. So like, I always think, what's the worst case? Not to be rude, but I could work a pole if I had to, <laughs> if I had to come to that. It never has, I've got a good education. <laughs> can happen there you know <laughs> it's all good it's all good in the hood yeah it's all good i love it i love it if i could work a pole yeah, yeah. but it is it's that because i think the thing i've known you for a long time now and i remember meeting you and it was either on a Eurostar or a long distance train journey basically yes. when we used to go on these press trips and yeah. we'd like three hour train journeys and you would just bond like yes. you would just bond <laughs> And the thing with you is you give excellent advice, but you're not one of these people who gives excellent advice but doesn't ever act on their own mm -hmm. words of wisdom. Like, you would do it just... So when, when you say to somebody, you dump that useless sack of whatever, <laughs> yes. you would do the same thing. Yeah. You're not saying it from an empty place. Oh, no. I mean... 
I don't know. I think I've had a very interesting childhood. My dad was a bit of a secret polygamist. He had a few families around the world. So I think from the, and uh, you know, my parents got divorced when I was eight. So I have seen the ultimate bad boy. So I know all the moves. I've, know, I've seen it. I've been there. I've done that by the time I was eight. Do you know what I mean? Wow. I know what a bad boy is and it never was attractive to me. So when I met my husband at 19, I was like, yes, he's very hardworking. He'd make a good father. He's good breeding stock. <laughs> that, was, that was the thing that I was thinking of. Because I'd be like, I don't have no time for a bad boy. So I can, I can spot someone a mile off. And I've always been, I don't know, vocal. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, no, for me, I've always, you know, I'm, I've always been a bit of a saffy. I just want to be very kind of homely and I just want a nice family and I've always wanted security and to have family. I, I don't know, but I've always known that the most important thing is having a good, solid family. Wow. And that was more than anything, that's my goal, if I'm going to be honest. It's like I'd rather have a secure family with kids and a loving husband and I always deep down in my soul just knew that was the most important thing for me Wow! at 19 it's weird and yeah I, I'm not discounting that by any stretch of the imagination and obviously women can have it all yeah but um, but not all at the same time yeah because you're a go-getter as well like you go out and you get your stuff done yeah, I ha yeah, I handle business. Yeah, but, I mean, you do you handle business. That's what I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a boss. I've got two girls. I want to teach them to like go for their dreams. I think women beat themselves up a lot. I think you can have everything, but not at the same time. Mm -hmm. I, I remember speaking to someone who had just had a baby and they had quite a big job on a magazine, and she's like, "I feel like shit because." You know, um, I'm made to feel like I'm not the same person. I'm like, but you're not the same person. How can you compete with a 23-year-old who has no boyfriend, mm -hmm. who doesn't care about coming home at 5 o'clock to do bed and bath? Mm -hmm. You can't compete with that. Yeah. So don't. Just do another path. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes there's a form of self-acceptance. Maybe you can come back to that. Maybe you can do a different path. May find your, I've always been, find your own path. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If something's not fitting, if something's making you feel bad, just find another path and make it work for you. I think it's about bending the universe to you and not the other way around. You know? The yeah. universe bends to your will, not the other way around. This is why you rock my world, I say. God bless you, Emma. No, you do. Because <laughs> you say things in the most incredible way. Oh, well, I've tried to bend the universe to my will. <laughs> As a control freak, I, you know, I want to live a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it's going to go. That's how it's gonna go. So how do you how do you know how you want to live, and then how do you how do you do you plot your path towards something? Yeah, at twenty four, I knew I didn't want to be in an office. At twenty four, I knew I wanted what kind of mum I wanted to be. I wanted to be taking my kids to the park and having coffees and be kind of like loosey goosey, but with a bit of work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what's the best way to do that? Stay freelance, mm -hmm. you know, do your own thing. So I guess I've always known what I've wanted in a funny way. Things have come very organically to me. Like my company, my production company, that was very organic. So I'm not like, I'm not a genius mastermind. <laughs> I mean, I just know what I want and things kind of organically happen or mm. I, I say, you know, saying no is very powerful. Yes, so, you know, isn't it just? When you're, off, you're offered office jobs or something that will take you off of your path, I think to say no keeps you on track just as much as saying yes, if not more. I think so many people talk about the power of no in the sense of don't say, if someone asks you for help, don't say yes all the time. But yeah. actually, the way that you're all talking about the power of no in the sense of don't just say yes to things that are offered to you and yeah. let that be your path. Yeah, don't, it can be, don't take the easy option if you know it's truly not good for you. Mm. And that's very, very hard. Have you ever felt that you were trapped in a situation that you knew you had to get the hell out of? Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, we've discussed this. I'm a bit of a people pleaser. Yeah. It's like, um, and sometimes you have to be really brave and do what your gut tells you. Mm. And I think if you, you're always right. Even when you're wrong, you're right, you know? And if you listen to yourself and you just have the power of your convictions, you just say, I just need to get out of this situation. This isn't good for me. You know, sometimes you take some reflection. You can be a bit not depressed or just, as my mother says, thinking time. I love that. Thinking time. And then you have to set, you know, yourself up and just reassess and then go for it. Mm. But, I mean, everyone's in a position. You know, you just have to, you've got one life to live. As Kim Kardashian says, <laughs> yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yellow. 
You only live once, bitches. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you know, you know on, your on your deathbed, no one's going to say, that PowerPoint was amazing. <laughs> Fuck, Ajay, those graphics were incredible. No one's going to say that to me. It's going to be my family. It's going to be my husband. It's going to be my kids, my grandkids. And that's the thing that I hold on to. That's the thing. What makes my, what, what are you proud of? Mm. You know, my family, my girls, myself, making a difference in the world, trying to be positive. I read this thing by Maya Angelou. She's like, be someone's angel. And I love that. Mm. Just be someone's angel. And I think if we can all do that, then the world would be a better place. Sounds loosey-goosey, but I do believe that. Be someone's angel, not be your own angel? Be your own angel. Be kind to yourself. That's really difficult. Be talking about that. Love yourself. Be kind to yourself. That's very, very difficult sometimes, especially as women, because you Mm. just give, give, give. You're a dispenser. You just give to everybody else, and then you forget to give to yourself. Mm. Be your own angel. That's very powerful. I'm working on that one. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is the thing. Now, dual tones is awesome. Thank you. And I remember we had a chat a little while ago, and then I was writing a feature about foundation. Mm -hmm. And I remember I emailed you out at like midnight. Um, because I was writing about this new range of foundation and it had six shades. And I, <laughs> I was wearing the darkest shade. And I'm like the pale, sorry, the pale end of... Oh my God, I just keep spitting. <laughs> when I say pale, I was the pale end, I'm the pale end of, of Olive. Yeah. So the fact that the darkest shade in a high street... It's a joke. ...is ridiculous. Tell me about how Jewel Tones came about, because I love... I love this story because you're kind of taking control, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I've got twin girls. They're mixed heritage. Uh, so they awesome. Have, so awesome. They have uh, different types of curly hair. And, I mean, I was very estranged from my textured hair. I just had a weave or a relaxer or bonding. Like, my hairdresser when I was 17 called me a hair slut. <laughs> he said, you don't care what goes in or out. And, oh. I, <laughs> and he was right. And he was right. And I was completely estranged from my hair. My mum had whacked a relaxer on my hair at age eight. I lost my hair virginity at eight. And so I just, I didn't want that for my girls, you know? Mm. It's that thing of a woman. It's like, you, can, you might have a bit of low self-esteem for yourself, but for my girls, I'm just tiger mama. <laughs> so I was, and, and you know, their hair was looking a bit like their curls were not on point because I didn't know what the hell to do. I, if I can't deal with my hair, how, mm. how am I going to deal with this curls? You know, mm. I have coils which are very, very tight. I have like a 4C hair. My girls are like 4A, ringlet spirals. I did not know what the hell was going on. And my mum said to me, sort your children's hair out. Their mum looks like they're white, which was her biggest, which is so rude. It's so racist to some PC. <laughs> but like, she had a point that they just looked a bit, they just, it wasn't right. So I was trolling internet. I was looking for videos. I was looking for information. Everything was so unglamorous. So, mm. you know, people's bathrooms with their kind of like the dirty shower curtains. And, <laughs> and I just thought, why is there not a beautiful, luxurious, glamorous, informative space for me? Mm. I'm 38. Or I was 37 at the time. And I haven't got it together. Like, I have so many people talk to me about they haven't got their best foundation they have no idea so many women with darker skin tones are turned off by makeup mm. because they feel completely estranged from it mm. it's not for them well, excluded it, yeah underrepresented excluded and i just was fed up and i was like no Screw this. No, not, no not on my watch <laughs> not on my watch not for my daughters i don't want to grow up them to grow up with this identity issues I want them to grow up feeling beautiful and mm. fabulous and powerful and knowing how to look after their hair, knowing how to look after their skin, knowing how to do the best makeup. And I'm like, Mama's going to do this. And so <laughs> Jewel Tones was born, which is a beautiful space for darker skin tones, textured hair, lots of videos, information, you know, everything you, you need to like, you know, body, well-being, just mm. to feel empowered and to feel there's a space for you. Because there was that thing, I remember when you first uh, talked to me about it, it was this thing of, you going to a makeup counter, which we all do. Yeah. I know that for me it was really significant. I had really bad acne. Mm-hmm. Um, had very, very awkward teenage, year, teenage years because of weight and facial hair. It was, you know, it was awful. Nice. And so, yeah, it was a great combination. <laughs> it was so hard. Um, and I would go to the beauty counter, but there was a place for me. And yeah. there was an answer. And when you first described it to me, the idea, and I put myself in my old shoes, but yeah. imagine that I went to those counters and they were like, sorry, no entry. No. That would have been You see this beautiful, glamorous image over here, this wealth? It's not for you, because mm. you're not worth it. 
go to the back of the counter where there's some dusty old nasty makeup from 1975 Donna's farmer would be proud of and go put that on at 50. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's bullshit. It's ridiculous. I mean, I was speaking to someone who, from a brand, who said, oh, we're launching three shades for darker skin tones. What do you think about that, Ate? And I went, well, if you had a choice of three colours, how would you feel? <laughs> <laughs> there was a deathly silence, because it does seem crazy. You have I'm three saying. shadow, three shades. You have three shades. How do you feel? How do, do you feel good about that? No, it's ridiculous. Mm. Um, I think it's 2016. And the thing is, I know, things are a lot better. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Things are so much better. But the things that irritate me are just like things are too orange. Mm -hmm. Things are too matte. You know, I love dewy, kind of 90s, Kate Moss makeup. You know, that dewy, mm. beautiful skin. No makeup, makeup. It's so hard to do on a dark skin. Mm. You know, there's all the highlighters are really yellow gold, which are kind of like, kind of gaudy. Yeah. Or there's nothing kind of skin-like and fresh. I mean, there's, it irritates me. And I think, why have I not got the perfect foundation? I have literally a thousand foundations in my house, mm -hmm. and I have to mix them every day to get my perfect finish. And I don't see my other friends doing that. And mm. that seems, I'm, I'm like asking why. Why is that? Is, am I not good enough? Is my money not good enough? Yeah, because you walk down the high street and you walk into a high street chemist or in, go into a beauty counter. And on the way into that counter and on the way out, I will walk past girls who aren't represented. Yeah. Because, you know, these girls want to buy makeup. Yeah. There are so many different skin tones in yeah. the world. Yeah. And makeup is more inclusive than it's ever been because of YouTube and I mean, everyone is a YouTuber exactly. these days, whether it's Insta, Insta stories or whatever. And to think that somebody can't... Price point is also another barrier because, I mean, you've got, the, you've got your amazing Max, you've got your Bobby Browns, mm -hmm. you've got all these brands um, who are turning it out, Laura Mercier, they've got darker colours now, but they're very expensive. Mm. That's also another barrier. Where are the high-speed brands? You have Sleek and you have um, great brands like that which are representing, but there's not enough, I don't think, in my opinion. No. You know, so prices are it. So, so that 15 year old girl, she can't afford a 40 pound foundation, you know? So that's another barrier. It's not like, you know, when you went to on the high street and you could see all these brands and you can see all these concealers. It's not the same when you have mm. dark skin. And I'm even concerned about my, my ladies. They're five. One is, you know, my ogre. She's mm. uh, got like a caramel skin. So she's quite fair. She's mm. very fair, but with a caramel undertone. If you go and you have a look, everything's pink mm. or everything's really yellow. It's not that it's not her kind of golden caramel undertone. And then my other daughter has kind of like more of a Moroccan, like um, North African kind of skin tone. And then there's nothing there for her either. It's mm. kind of very dark, like me, espresso chestnut. <laughs> but she, you know, she's not olive and she's not dark. Yeah. And she, so there's a there's a whole sort of landscape of mixed skin tones which also aren't being represented, which is another issue which is coming up. Yeah. That, I mean, surely the future for Ate is you will be the makeup brand. Ate. Hell yes! That's what I want. That's, that's I, the I dream. I really want that too, actually. It's coming. That's what I want. I want to, yeah, that's my dream. To have my own makeup range, especially for darker skin tones, to start off with and then be inclusive for everyone mm -hmm. because I know all my, my sisters with fairer skin, we have the same problems. Mm. We're on the same spectrum, but yeah. just at different ends. Yeah. Of, about undertones, too pink, too red, too yellow. Um, so that's definitely something I'm working on now because I'm really passionate about it. Yeah, so that when the girls, when, when you allow them to wear makeup. <laughs> it's just like... You'd yeah. be like, have these. Have these, don't worry. Mommy's sorted it out. Yeah. Come, come to this room, your makeup will begin. <laughs> or your massive counter in like Harrods and Selfridges. Yes. They'll just be able to be like, can I have my usual please? Exactly, it's in my name. It's my mother, her brand. Well, I mean, yeah. I, well, I want that for everyone. I, it's, you know, I, want, I don't want them to be traumatised the way I was. I just was... You know, you go up to a counter and you just see all this colour and play and creativity. Mm. And for someone to say it's not for you. And the things I've had said to me are so horrific. Don't. Sorry, sweetheart. Black girls don't do pink. Pink isn't for black girls. What? I was asking for a pink blush or something. Black girls don't blush. Pink, black girls don't do pink. All this crap I've had as a young teen. And it wears you down. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It wears you. It's like, uh, excuse me, no. I can do what the hell I want. I'm... I can wear any colour I want on the spectrum and it's going to look beautiful on me. It's just all these invisible things Fine. telling you you're not good enough. You're not worth it. Well, that actually leads us really smoothly into the feature that you wrote on your website that I referenced right at the top of the hour. Um, 
when you say that about feeling that you're exclusive or you're not good enough, yeah. I definitely had that as a teenager who was properly overweight. Mm-hmm. Overweight, terrible acne, mm-hmm. and a full-on moustache and sideburns. It's not easy. <laughs> and really greasy hair, like greasy hair that you'd wash in the morning was greasy by lunchtime. Oh, God. So, um, oh, no, it kept, it, <laughs> it kept me... Uh, yeah. It kept me pure. <laughs> <laughs> kept you humble. <laughs> Jumble. You'll never not be. I think if you when you if you go through those formative years, you'll yeah. never not look at the world through any other eyes other than the greasy haired, yeah. fat, spotty. It hairy makes you girl. have empathy. It makes mm-hmm. you more interesting. I know so many people who just have been, you know, they've just been sort of golden and blessed in every way possible, and it doesn't. Like it doesn't. You bastards. <laughs> you know what? It just doesn't. You don't get much of a personality because when you don't, you know, personality people are built through fire. Mm. Oh, I love that. (laughs) People are built in fire. You know, was it the strongest in the flame? Yes, the strongest steel is forged in the flames, and so it's a it's a dark gift you were given. That's what I call it, a dark gift. Well, I've said it on this podcast before, but my mother has said she's glad that in some ways that I didn't. Um, glide through my teen yeah. years as it was sort of looked like it would be when I was like eight or nine. Yeah. Because she said you actually have to develop a personality. Yeah. You have to get some teeth and some grit and life's gonna sort of throw you curveballs and the earlier you can learn how to pick yourself up the better. Mm. So for me it would be going shopping on a Saturday. Yeah. And not being able to wear any of the clothes that um, my my school friends could wear. Yeah. And it was that same thing of sorry you're not good enough for this and it wasn't no one actually ever said like Topshop never came into the change well, room they kind of said, were by That's saying embarrassing. you can't wear it or it doesn't look good on you or you can't fit in it physically kind of saying it's not for you but it develops it, it creates this internal monologue yeah. yeah that is really negative that we you know all in spiral mm. I mean yeah so I wrote my my piece mommy why is your tummy so big which was a delightful thing my, one of my children asked me because they feature. children tell the truth and, you know, I've had battles with my weight my whole life because food was my friend, you know? It is my friend. Mm. And I think it's so funny when you see men eat who are not emotionally engaged with food. When, <laughs> when a guy can eat half a chocolate and put it back in the fridge and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> well, seriously. Yeah, no, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing like, and I'm crying. Sorry. I'm sorry. Did you just wrap that back and forth and put it in the fridge? <laughs> well, seriously, like, what's that about? And it's because it's not a friend. It's not happiness. It's not a hug. Mm. It's not an emotion. It's just a bit of chocolate. I yeah. fancied some. I yeah. don't fancy any more. I don't get that. No. I don't think a lot of women get that. You know mm. what I mean? So if you're happy, you celebrate, you have food. If you're sad, you have food. If you're, yeah. you know, stressed, you have food. It's all these things. It's very bad coping mechanisms, mm. which I've recognised. Um, you know, instead of going for a walk, instead of finding joy in simple pleasures, having a bath, reading a book, I'll just eat. Mm. Eat and eat and eat until my feelings go away, my stress goes away. I just want that dopamine chemical hug. I just want that spike. Mm. You know, I used to, I used to, I used to think I'd be, you know, I would be a very, very, very bad drug addict. I have a very Ooh. addictive personality. Mm. Food, I mean, drink does nothing for me. I don't drink. Food is my drug of choice. You know what I mean? And if I was on drugs, I'd be that. I'd be on a, on a street corner, I'd be that track hoe, I'd be, <laughs> on on my, <laughs> I'd be on that pole, I'd be on my knees, because I am, like, I go to the nth degree. Whatever I do, I go hard. And if <laughs> I was going to be a drug addict, I'd be the, the most destructive goddamn drug addict you've ever seen. It'd be awful. It'd be awful, but instead I'd have a huge tummy and huge boobs. So I think that that is the lesser of two evils, but it is yeah. a problem. And I'm, like, 38 now. I want to be the best version of myself i want to set a good example for my children i want to be good for myself i want to be healthy and it's like you know it's it's a form of protection i'm not i'm hiding Mm. and you need to like i just need to unzip the fat suit and step out and be myself because i'm hiding um, like the clumps yes (laughs) (laughs) you need to you need to be buddy what's his name buddy love bloody love yeah buddy love i'm hiding i'm hiding it's a form of hiding and I need to, like, deal with that. I agree with you. So you wrote something in that feature that actually brought tears to my eyes when you wrote it. Because mm. you said about how you um, got boobs yeah. early. And I can totally relate to You'll that. You'll be malicious. I Emma. did. Mm-hmm. I got boobs. I still have boobs. And I, I, I hunched to... Yeah. Because when you're nine, ten years old, when mine came in... Yeah. And you catch a man looking there... It's so disgusting. And... But it's normal. Like... 
they're not looking at you in a predatory way. They're probably just observing or looking <laughs> look at your face. You're they're like, getting a bonus. please. <laughs> No, come on now. <laughs> but okay, well, okay. It's like, it's like, it's like dog squirrel. <laughs> Boobs. <laughs> but you suddenly become aware that you're being looked at, not because you're cute or because you're no. doing something funny. You're being looked at because you've got... You're a sexual being and yes. you're not ready. I was like 11, mm. 10. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And I remember walking down the road where I lived and um, I was eating an ice cream, and a man, he must have been 55, oh, no, 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 no. came up to me and went, I want a lick. Give me a lick. And I was like, I was in a school uniform, dude. Oh, jeez. I was just like, I'm obviously a child, and you are asking me to lick God knows what. I, I oh, he, was no. he was being uh, disgusting. No, no, no. And I just wasn't equipped in any way mm. to deal with that. How can you be? It's like, you know, having boobs when you're young is having a body. It's like you're writing checks your body can't catch. Yes. Writing checks your body can't cash. And it is terrifying. I've had men try and drag me in their cars. I've had men, like, touch me up in the middle of the high street. I've had men just stop and stare, wolf whistle, cat whistle, all under, like, 15. And so for me, and I, you know what? When you are never going to have the, when you're 15, you have the best body you're ever going to goddamn have. You've got no cellulite. You've got no, like, hips. It's like, it's like a child woman mm. where you have all the best bits of well, like no, a supermodel. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's a supermodel at 15. So I had these, like, bazookas mm. with the flattest tummy, with an ass, and legs like a colt. And I just was like... I'm ashamed, catnip. don't look at me. <laughs> I was like catnip. Yeah. And it was just really... Getting on buses, having bus conductors perv on you. It was just like, so... In a funny way, when I was fat, I just didn't get that because you were just like a little sexist lump. Yeah, well, because the boobs don't become the boobs aren't sexy anymore. The boobs are mammaries. Yeah, they're mammaries. They're matronly. Yeah, yeah. They're just like so. In a, deep down, I really associate being that hot, and I have a natural hourglass figure. Okay, mm. I've got like a Jessica Rabbit figure. When I was like that, I felt threatened mm. and I felt vulnerable. And I don't want to feel effective or vulnerable. So in the back of my head, I've got to rewire mm. that that is not a negative, you mm. know? So for me, being that, that having that body is, is negative. Why would I want that? Why do I want to be touched? Why do I want mm. to be perved on? Why do I want to always, like, draw attention to myself in a negative way? So I guess I've got to relearn that, that I can be healthy, I can have a fit body in the real sense of the word and also be okay i'm, I'm not a child anymore i can i can yeah. punch someone up yeah you you really can did you um do you think the kardashians have done um have been great ambassadors for curves yes hell yes because before that it was you know paris hilton who was kim kardashian used to be paris hilton's like wardrobe cleaner yes wardrobe <laughs> stylist you know she, you organize my wardrobe cam thank you so I'll much do paris. It later. thanks paris i'm really grateful like she did she's doing her a solid and i mean god bless kim kardashian yeah god bless she her. and her family have put having an ass and, and boobs mm. on the map and you know before it was comical mm. you know actually to be fair I, I i would say j-lo was the real one before oh. jenny from the block she made it okay to have a bottom and not to be ashamed of having an ass, mm. not to be, you know, a kind of 
it's a hot, I call it hot country, a hot country body. Yeah, well, it, it was almost like, it's globalisation, isn't it? Because mm. we started using phrases like la guitarra, because that's what she's called, yeah. I think. Forgive me if I've got that completely wrong. But um, that body shape, and yeah. you suddenly realise, oh, wait, so that's sexy. Because I thought that just the boy Kate Moss figure, yeah. that was me. Yeah. Growing up, I was like, I want to be, I want to no be kids, emo. Not, no boobs. And it was for generations to have mm. a kind of like up and down boy figure the flappers mm. historically this is what was a, what this was what was the height of you know attainment which is what people wanted not to be like a curvy more voluptuous figure it was comical people mm. just said rock it does my bum look big in this it's yeah. like people injecting their hell bum. yeah <laughs> make it bigger this is like this is you know people never were like that in the amorphous past. fat transfer into the ass i mean it's so 50 huge. years ago or 40 years ago that was the joke Mm. It's comical. It's punishment. Yes, yes, <laughs> a punishment. But so I, so yes, I think the Kardashians and J Lo and Nicki Minaj, these mm-hmm. all these women have made you celebrate your body, well, the body type. Yeah, it's not comical. It's sexy. It's something to be aspirational for. Um, I've talked about this before in this podcast in terms of being really open and honest, and if you're comfortable to go there, how did it feel mm-hmm. pressing publish? On that feature, Nause, nauseous. Yeah, I felt nauseous and literally like I was flashing the world with my boobs. <laughs> I felt like I was flashing the world. But you know what? As a writer, as an artist, every time you feel a bit nauseous, you feel a bit exposed. Is usually when you do your best work mm-hmm. and you're being the most honest. Because you know, we live in such a manicured world. Social yeah. media. Let's take a hundred photos to get the perfect one. You know, and people don't tell the truth. And I wanted to tell the truth. And I think I'm, I can be quite a brutally honest person. Mm. And I wanted to be brutally honest because it is something... I just I was literally having a shower, came out of the shower, and I just wrote it in like 10 minutes. It Are just you poured out of me. And I was like to my husband, should I publish this? Is this really embarrassing? Is this really... Uh, seriously? And Dan's just like, do it! If it have makes you, you feel sick, do it. Have you, yeah, when you feel pain, it's like in the gym. Yeah. When it, when it hurts and you want to be sick, when you're probably changing, you know, yes. doing the good stuff. Had you articulated any of that to Dan before? Yeah, I mean, he's my best friend. Mm. He is, I mean, when we met, I was literally half the size. Okay, <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. I was half the size. Well, we'll put the link to the feature, and I think yeah. does include a smoking hot picture. And that's when I was being. Why did you leave all, all snakes by the way? Creative differences. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was Shazne throughout the nineties. You were. And it? who else? Who else? Who's a girl? Oh my sweetness is my shoo shoo bee doo. The girl who's on Monica? East End. No, no. the girl who's on East End is British girl Kelly something. Oh god, I don't know. I was her as well. There's only two. Yeah. I was her favourite Ronnie Hughes as well. It will come to me. She was in EastEnders and she was like, shoot, shoot. The shoot song was on. Oh, no. Anyway. Um, That was hilarious. Yeah, so, I mean, my husband is amazing. We've been together coming on 20 years next year. He's like, you're very beautiful, Ate. I love your soul. I think you're hot and juicy and sexy, whatever size you are. I mean, he is the perfect guy. Mm. Um, He's like, don't push it. I have doubled. I have doubled. The response, because you posted it on your personal Facebook page and yeah. also on your Jewel Tones Facebook page, has been incroyable. It's been, it's made me cry. It's made me teary how supportive and beautiful people have been. I, I really, I felt I was opening myself up to fat jokes and being mm. a punching bag. And people have been so supportive and said it's resonated with them. And I've had people like on my Facebook, my public Facebook page, telling me how it's affected them. And I mean, it, food in your body, it just seems so simple, you know? Mm. It's like, eat less and run around more. Intellectually, everybody knows mm. that. But it's not about intellectual, it's about emotions. It's, mm. about, it's, it's something very animal and id. Mm. It's not about greed. 
You know what I mean? I, I, like in my article, I said alcoholics don't love the taste of whiskey. Oh, hit me yes. up with that whiskey. Oh, that tastes so good. That was so, <laughs> do you know what? That was so beautifully observed because I've never even thought about that. Yeah, like people with alcohol problems do not have a love of, of a strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> you know, it's just like I can't get enough of that strawberry daiquiri. They want oblivion. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They want numbness, and yeah. I totally get that. You know, when you eat, you want numbness. Mm. You you just want to get out of your head because your head is a as you, it's, a, it's a busy, chattering place. It's a, a, basically a tangle of live, high-voltage wires. Mm. Um, I can relate to that because I... We just had to take a little pause there because I had sweat running down. <laughs> there was a glow. You know? <laughs> there was a glow. we're in the car and we can't have the air conditioning on because you would hear yes. the whir. And so we just basically <laughs> hung our head out of the side yeah, of your car a, like dogs. A little aircon break. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Back in the room, back in the car. I'm trying to think about where I've seen that before, where you need to have um, a break because of the conditions. <laughs> yeah, the sound of the car is going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a freaking furnace. It's like a sweat box. Yeah. Thick <laughs> from podcasting. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a treatment. It's going to catch on, man. You'll be two pounds lighter by the time you leave this. Fabulous. I'm going to wring out my flannel shirt when I... <laughs> Dehydrated and can't move. But... Dehydrated, yeah, I'm, and I'm going to a bar next, so I'm just going to be nice. a really cheap date. <laughs> Go to your head. Which is, yeah, exactly, which is so uh, friendly. And I love the fact that just before we, we actually did switch off or had our little pause, somebody walked past and was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I think it's a big-ass big microphone. <laughs> it's the big-ass microphone. But also, I think you need, I think you need tinted windows. I, they're tinted in the back. Yeah. In the or maybe just like a full-on limo. That would be nice. Yeah. That would be a stretch limo. We seem to be back to the Kardashians again. <laughs> they do live, but they do, like, I do look at them and I think, oh, there's quite a lot wrong here in mm. terms of me loving watching Oh, you. I'm not ashamed. I watch it all. Maybe Chelsea, Towie, Kim okay. Kardashian. What do you think of The Real Housewives? Because that gives me life. Oh, my God. I only watch Jersey Night Atlanta because they're the best ones. My opinion. Inner Astro. Yeah, just Atlanta and New Jersey. I, I love the New Jersey accent. Like, I can't, yeah, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> I'm not good enough for you. What? Teresa? <laughs> Teresa? <laughs> <laughs> the best one that you have to watch, I swear, is Real Housewives of Melbourne. Oh, I saw that. <gasps> There's yeah, a woman on it called Gina Liano who is, she's a litigator. Is she? And That's amazing. She, she is incredible. Um, but in one of the reunions, she said to one of the other housewives, I don't know why I'd pay attention to you. You're just an insignificant ass hair. <laughs> ass hair. Ass hair. Nice. That's, that's some cuss. That's some cuss. That's a cuss. So that's why I really enjoy um, the Royal Housewives of Melbourne. But we're also made... No, I haven't booked a taxi. <laughs> but... Sorry, that's bad. <laughs> it's the boobs. It's literally a drive-by. There was, oh. a, there was a Prius, obviously very silently stalking past. Yeah. But I think he's looking at his phone, not Okay, not, not yeah. Um, we're both big fans of RuPaul. Oh, my God. It's like literally... Latrice Royale. I make everyone who works for me watch that. <laughs> <laughs> all my editors, all these scared, straight little boys, I make them watch it before they can work with me, basically. And you, and Latrice, Latrice Royale says... <laughs> make them eat it. Get up, look sickening, make them eat it. <coughs> That's a life lesson. It is a life lesson. That is a life lesson. You know what? RuPaul has done such a fantastic job because all these men, women... They are survivors. They mm. are fighters. They are people who have been physically abused, mentally abused. They've been on the streets. Some of them come from lovely homes. Mm. But what they all have in common is that they're fighters and they pick themselves up and dust themselves off, mm. which I really respect. They're artists. They're creative. They're performers. And they're fighters. Mm. And I, I'm all about fighting. I'm all about being a fighter and picking yourself up and going on with it. Because it's a bit like having really awesome teen years where you grow into your cult legs and everyone <laughs> thinks you're amazing. Um, it's too easy. Yeah, they are, all, they are literally creations of mm. their imagination. And isn't that what we all want to be? Yes. And they, and they do it every night. I love that. I do. And I love that just before we started recording this podcast, we were having a bit of a live chat. And you were saying to me, all the bits that you're really good at in your life, you need to apply it to everything. And I was like, oh, I'm Trinity K. Bonet. <laughs> yeah. I'm great at lip syncing, but I'm not bringing it to the, to the sewing task. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 
so much. We can all learn so much. From I mean, I'm not, even, I'm not even joking. I watched no, I that. Know. It's amazing. I'm on season eight. Have you seen? No, because it hasn't come to Netflix in the UK yet. I've watched It's on True six. something. It's on, it's on TV. What? That's what I'm saying. I, I knew I should have hooked you up. I was on Facebook and I was like, it's on True something. T-U-R-T-U-R. Professional writers, Emma Gunnar Walker and Ate Jewel. Yeah, whatever, that's shit. Um, yeah, it's on TV. I feel like I'm on episode two or three. Okay. It's amazing. I've watched season six. Oh, Crivens. <coughs> Sorry. That's, um, that's she running, she running late. I'm just really checking on where I am. Sorry, I'm supposed to uh, go to dinner soon. I said 7.15. Should we drive a shall we? conditioning can go on so i'm running late for dinner and we are literally sodden <laughs> everything about me is covered in sweat but ate is very kindly said that she's going to drive me to my dinner so she's going to drive me while we're doing the podcast it's hilarious let's do this um and so this has now turned into rupaul drives because you know rupaul does this amazing show on wow tv on youtube where he picks up like he's done olivia newton john he's done um Henry Rollins, who I'm obsessed with, he's done all these people, and he picks them up in his car and he drives them somewhere and they have like a mini interview. Oh, that's amazing. It's like comics um, in cars. Who's that guy? Uh, Jerry. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. But anyway, so anyway, so <laughs> this is, the, we're now mobile. Ate is signaling, she's mirroring, she's maneuvering. Let's do this. And we are on our way to <laughs> Notting Hill. It's like some bizarre life. <laughs> like, we're in the wild. We are in the wild. We are in the wild. Um, I'm a new driver. Are you? Of course. <laughs> Please don't make me laugh. Well, I mean, I grew up very central London. I grew up near Marble Arch, which is like the centre of the known universe. Yeah. I just never needed to drive. Why would you need to? Everywhere was like a bus ride or five quid in a taxi, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. Holla. Anyway, so um, as soon as I had kids, I was like, I think I need to sort this out because boring stuff like big food shops and school runs so what, what, what about Ocado? Eyes on the road. What about Ocado? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, you're making me laugh. Okay. You're making me laugh. Okay. It's, a, it's a gift. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit more about Jewel Tones. Yes. Because you interviewed the incredible Angela Bassett recently oh and gosh. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about she that. She was incredible. She hasn't aged since what has love got to do with it? Which is it, it's one of my favourite films of all time. Is it witchcraft? <laughs> I, I said to her she's gone method. Because, you know, in American history uh, covered, she plays a witch. Yes. And I'm like, you've gone method, girl, because you haven't aged. She looks incredible. She's got guns. She was incredibly kind and gracious. And she's a very clever lady. I mean, she's got an Ivy League education. She is, you know, it's always the people who have the most talent who are usually the, the kind... And, um, you know, I was just saying, it's people with the most talent are usually the ones who are the coolest to interview, as you know, Emma. Mm, mm, um, because 100%. they're not threatened, you know? Yeah, no, not in the slightest. They are, they're <laughs> totally open to sharing with you because yeah. they don't feel like they're going to give away a secret and exactly. then you're going to be able to take it all away from them. Exactly, they want to learn. People who are talented want to learn and they want to be open to new people and experiences. And she was one of those. So she was incredible. I was very honoured to have her on Jewel Tones. Um, what did you learn from her, other than how to be polite in an interview? <laughs> well, I learned her. She was very gracious. She's a hard worker. You know, she she's just one of these women you want to grow up. I want to be like Angela Bassett. She just is a very, very good role model. She has her she has her shit together. She was just a very cool woman, mm. and you know, very open, very kind. I just really I thought she was very very nice, and it was a a great honour she could be on Jewel Tones. She's a you know Oscar nominated. Emmy winner, she's amazing. Did um, did you tell her the uh, the idea behind Jewel Tones? Yeah, and she, God bless her, she was like, thank you so much. You know, it's about making it easier for the next group of girls. You know, mm. the people, you have to always pay it forward, pay it back. Yeah. And um, I'm going to pop a window, Emma, because I'm literally going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> we can put the aircon on, it's fine. 
I'm sure the listeners will understand. Okay. <laughs> it was such a good idea at the time. So. <laughs> yeah, let's do the podcast in the car. The sound will yeah. be great. It's the a baking hot afternoon in the middle of August. I no can't problem. Breathe. I'm going to have a pass out, but it's, the sound is amazing. Yeah, she was a mate. Yeah, she was a very cool lady. I mean, Jules Terrence is my baby. I'm very proud of Jules Terrence. I want to, you know, I mean, I meet people in the streets. I've, I've been in department stores and people are like, you're that lady from Jules Terrence Beauty. No way. For, for real. And I'm just like, oh, hi. You know, because you always think when you do stuff, it's just you and your mum read it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the fact you're touching people and people are asking questions about you know, makeup or skincare because, you know, darker skin is different, you know? Mm. You know, it's true they say black don't crack. It is true. Um, you know, there's much more oil production. My mum's 70 and I say she looks like a bat. What? Yeah, she's I've just met Ate's mum and she does not look like a 70-year-old woman. No, she's 70 in November and I say to her she looks like a bad side 40. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so she looks like a tired 40, but she's 70, and it's because there's oil production in the skin. And, um, you know, so in terms of anti-aging, things are different. I, the things, my concerns are pigmentation, it's uh, dehydration, and, you know, these things are different. I mean, traditionally, if you hand me a, an anti-aging cream, it's usually going to be a very thick, comforting cream, mm. which is just going to make me and my mum break out. So it's, it's things like anti-aging for darker skin, it's mm. things like pigmentation, it's things like brightening, it's things mm. like, I'm not talking about Michael Jackson lightening, I'm talking about skin brightening and there is a difference, you know? He had vitiligo and it was a recognised condition, Ate. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, anyway. um, Please don't see us, Jackson. Please don't see us. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's about brightening and there are different skin conditions with darker skin that I want to address and especially with makeup which is my love you know mm. everyone has this like a little beauty thing for me it's color cosmetics and makeup mm. you know hair was always my beauty Achilles heel I was just like I was just not bothered just put it in and just walk away just put it in my weave walk away leave me alone and I'll, I'll see you in six weeks or whatever but um so hair color was always my thing uh, I mean sorry that's not that hair hair Colour cosmetics is mm. always my thing. Um, Did hair just feel like something that you gave up on after, like a bit? You know what? Hair was something to be. My hair was something to be ashamed of. Hair it was something to be like, oh my god, you look bush. You look, you know, you look bad. You've got your roots showing. You know, it's a little bit of ethnicity. There's a little bit of like your natural texture showing. It's something to get rid of very quickly. Sort yourself out. Mm. You know, I. You know, I mean, I was in university. The, the reason I knew my husband was my husband is that I told him. Please don't judge me. My husband's got blonde hair, blue eyes, okay? Mm -hmm. But he's like, I said to him, please don't judge me, but I've got to get up at four in the morning to go to London to have my hair done. <laughs> and he said, sure, I'll come with you. And that's when I knew, you know. Oh, we're going to marry this man. Yeah, I was like, okay. And you know what? He paid for it, God bless him. He's only 19. And he paid for my hair to be, which was like 150 quid or something at the time. And he paid for my hair to be relaxed, sat in Errol Douglas all day, because it took like two years when you had your hair done sat there all day with me and paid for it and then came home with me and that's when I knew he was my love. Oh he was my, my husband, word. yeah. So, I mean, hair was a big deal. It was always a big ritual. It was always a big hassle. It was expensive. I used to work Saturday jobs and all my money went on my hair. It's just, it was not a labor of love. It was just a labor. It was mm. a pain in the ass, you know what I mean? Um, and it wasn't until like last year I went natural with my hair. Because, you know, you know, you can, you know, you can preach about loving your hair and embracing your curl for your children. And it really made me think, what is wrong with my hair? Seriously, what mm. is wrong with it? You know, all my life I've had no positive role models for glamour and luxury. So, you know, Limpita, is it Limpita? Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, yeah, Limpita, she, was, she rocked her hair um, during 12 Years a Slave and it was literally life-changing. I'm mm. like, oh my God, she's on a red carpet, being glamorous, being sexy and Viola Davis as well and they really gave me a lot of permission to accept my hair and to be not afraid that it wasn't glamorous mm. or sexy or you know it's I mean there is a lot of politics to hair when I go into shops I do get you know I get the stink eye I get I bad need to treatment. talk to you about yeah, this because really it treatment. really so many people recently actually on, I mean it is on Facebook you tend to see these things are sharing about um uh, fellow a journalist that we both know shared a story from a friend of hers who has a black child and a white child and how yeah. the black one gets uh, followed around shops oh yes 
Yes. But is that the reality that yeah. we're still living in today? Yeah. People think you're trouble. People think you don't have money. People think, I mean, it's funny, like um, my, my dad was a diplomat. He's from Nigeria. My mom's from Trinidad. And people just assume that my mom and dad were a nurse, like, were like a nurse came over in the 50s, which is nothing wrong with that. Mm. But people just make a lot of assumptions that you're, you're not empowered. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They make a lot of assumptions. They just label you a lot. If you walk into a shop, people would not automatically say, oh, you're from a lower working class. You're, you're not educated. You're, you, you haven't got money. P even if you're well-dressed, people don't naturally make that assumption about mm. you. And they do with me. Wow. And that's quite difficult. So you walk into a shop, I, I mean, I'm re as you know, as everyone knows on my Facebook and Instagram, I'm redecorating my house. Mm. And I walked into like a posh kitchen shop. And I said, oh, I'm, re I'm renovating a house of mine and I'm so excited and I can have an excuse to come in your shop. I always walk past and she went, are you local? Which was like, <laughs> do you live around here because it's a posh area? And that was the first question. And I was like, yeah. And then she's like, well, you know, our kitchens are very expensive. You know, that, you know, that Oprah thing of like, don't even bother, bitch, because you can't afford anything in here. And I just thought, my God, and because my husband is, uh, you know, he's English, he's blonde, blue eyes. He, when we're together, I see in parallel the treatment that he gets, which is right. 180, you know, the, exactly the opposite. He'll, he'll get the brochures, he'll get the five-star treatment. You know, he'll go to a shop and he'll get like the ribbon and the tissue paper. And if I ask for something, if I pay, pay if I buy something, people sometimes don't even put it in the bag because I'm not worth a posh carrier bag. And I'm like, excuse me, I just saw you put that. I just saw you spend like 15 minutes wrapping that in tissue paper and like angel wings and putting it in a posh carrier bag. And you just kind of shoved <laughs> it to me. Um, why is that? That's like, my husband's like, you have to confront them and shame them literally shame them. I love Dan. I know, he's so cool. And, you know, so they don't do it to the next person. Do you confront them and shame them? Yeah. It's, you know what? The more the more confident I'm getting, the more... And you know what? It's that thing of like, oh, I don't want to cause a fuss. It's embarrassing. It's shameful. But I'm a mother now, and I don't want these bitches doing that to my kids. Mm -hmm. So they've got to be schooled. Yeah. <laughs> and Dan's my husband's like, give them a bloody nose. <laughs> And then they don't do it to the next black girl. And it's kind of a responsibility now. So <clears throat> if I take myself out of it, I'm like, it's not for me, it's for my daughters. So this woman knows you don't, you don't fuck around. Because <laughs> you're not this looking not, for it. It's no. not like you go in with a bad attitude, no. you're wearing it like, I know that you're going to treat me badly. I am super friendly. I am not an angry black woman, which is what people want to paint you as. I just want, you know, I'm just there being myself. And people just put a lot of crap on you, especially when you have afro-textured hair mm. they just see you as trouble i don't know how the only word i can say is they see you as trouble doesn't he look like a young leonardo dicaprio he does or michael pitt oh yes yes yes, <laughs> yes he was in um hannibal yes michael pitt and Broadway walk empire and a lot of like just looking just looking at a handsome man on the street yeah, just driving and you know looking at that's such an incredible I, interesting that you say um it's your responsibility now and you're doing it for your daughters yeah and more power to you, Ate. Thank you. Or is that hugely patronising of me to say? <laughs> I don't mean it to be patronising. I mean that sometimes it's easy to not fight the fight. It's easier yeah. to... Because, like you say, you don't want people to be like, oh, she's an angry black woman. Yeah. You don't or want to cause a fuss. Yeah. To make, but, you know, that's, that's how people win. And that's how people... That's how things don't change, you know? Mm. You, it's, there's a lot of casual racism. It's like, you know... People not giving you the extra service. People like not giving you the carrier bag. People not bothering to do, you know, give you the full bells and whistles because you're not worth it. Mm. And the moment you confront that, think hopefully things will change. Because it doesn't. It happens with lots of things. It happens if people you go into a shop and they don't think you can afford it. Yeah, like whether Oprah. it's because of how you're dressed or. I don't remember, but Oprah Winfrey went to somewhere. And I think it was Switzerland. And said oh can I see that bag please and the lady's like it's very expensive like you're talking to a billionaire do you know what I mean yeah. this is oh you <laughs> know Oprah. Oprah. and like if Oprah Winfrey after 25 year career has to put up with that nonsense you know it's a bit scary it yeah it really is um, um I feel like we're coming to our 
destination. <laughs> this has been quite wild, Emma. This has been wild. Oh my, if it was going to be wild with anyone, I'm so glad it was wild with you. It's been really fun. It's been amazing. But um, can I, even before we finish recording, can I invite you to come back? I would love to come back. Because I feel like we... Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks, dude. It's such an amazing job and it's just very exciting. Thank you. I love doing it and I love, I love my guests. You know that I started it because... I think the people that I get to come into contact with it in my job are awesome. So I just like to share that. But we are all speaking policemen. I know, exactly. yeah. The beauty industry is incredible because it's just full of characters. It's mm. just full of really cool, wild people. And uh, well, thank you very much for inviting me. I'd oh. love to come along again. You have an open invitation to come back. Um, and thank you for the lift as well. <laughs> you know what? We took the shit mobile. We did. We did. Uh, part two coming at you very soon. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of the Beauty Podcast with me, Emma G. All of the links will be in the show notes. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can head over to emmagunawardner.com or you can drop me an email and sign up for my newsletter. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to everybody who has been emailing in saying how much they've been enjoying the show. It's so lovely to hear from you. And if you are loving what you're hearing, please do head over to iTunes and leave me a review and a star rating. Thank you so much and see you next time.